Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody, from Buffalo Lake Lutheran Church and Heaven Bound Ministries of Pierpont. Well, as I go through the week, I look to see what I can possibly find that would uh, draw me into making a sermon out of it. And as I was looking this past week, I came across an image of a rock. And growing out of the rock, or through the rock, was a tree. And the, and the question above it, the heading was, What do you see? Well, I looked at the picture, looking at the tree growing through the rock, breaking the rock in half, and I'm thinking, hmm. You know, that image kind of reminds us of our life with God. We know that God, of course, is our rock, but I want to take it into a different avenue. In this situation, God in that image is the tree. Basically saying, with God, anything is possible. And if there are rocks or boulders in your life, with the help of God, you can break through it. And everything will be okay. Throughout scriptures, there's many references made to the rock. Peter said, on this rock, I will build the church. So then how can this rock be a spiritual reference for us? There are things in our life that seem as hard as a rock. It seems like whatever we do, we cannot break the mold, so to speak. We can't break out of the shell of the rock. It seems so tough. Trying to reach out to God may even seem harder. But that rock that is stopping you dead is not alive. The Spirit of God is very much alive as recorded in Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The tree is a breathing, living plant that can virtually grow anywhere, including a rock. Now, over in Morocco, Japan, there is a 400-year-old cherry tree that started growing in the crack of a rock. And to this very day, that tree is very large, and it has split that rock in half. It remains a favorite for tourists and the pride of the local people because the tree represents the values that Japanese favor most. Perseverance, strength, and survival. A visit to the tree is a lesson learned rather than an attraction enjoyed. Perseverance, strength, and survival. Three elements needed to live a good life. Now, the first one that I want to talk about is perseverance. Perseverance towards God. Perseverance about not giving up. In Luke 18, Jesus tells a story about the persistent widow who would not give up. Reading from Luke 18, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, 
In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You see, perseverance is much stronger than any rock. You can look at the rock as a stumbling block. But with faith, God can split the rock and free you from the problems that you are having. In the book of Nahum, there is a prophecy concerning Nivea, that even though Nivea may have allies, and they are very numerous, the Lord said they will be destroyed and pass away. So while Nivea thought it was tough as a rock, in verse 6 of Nahum 1 it says, Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him. God can shatter rocks. He can bring peace to your life. Now the rocks may prove to be a dam in your life, but if you allow God in your life, he can break the dam and allow the spirit to flow freely through you. As David said in Psalm 78, he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. You see, the word of the Lord is powerful. Jeremiah recorded in 23:29, "Is not my word like fire?" declares the Lord, "and like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces?" Winston Churchill said, if you're going to go through hell, keep going. In other words, don't give up, don't quit, don't stop. Keep on moving towards the prize because eventually you will escape and be freed. Paul says in Philippians 3:13 and 14, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do... Forgetting what is behind and straining toward and what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's talking about looking forward and not behind. Not only can a tree split a rock, but you know, a river can wear it down, just like the widow wore down the judge. Jim Watkins said, River cuts through rock. Not because of its power, but because of its perseverance. So in summary, what is perseverance? Perseverance is the ability to keep doing something in spite of obstacles. 
People who persevere show steadfastness in doing something despite how hard or how long it takes to reach the goal. Now, with the development of perseverance, you will have the development of strength. You can overcome obstacles when God has your back. In Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we need strength for the journey. That is why God is there for us. Billy Graham once described why people are put into challenging situations. He says the Bible tells us about troubles, namely that God can use them to make our faith stronger and draw us closer to himself. In James 1 verses 2 and 4 it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, so that you may be mature and complete. Think of it this way. Suppose you never got any physical exercise. All you did was sit in your chair or lie in your bed all day. What would happen to your muscles? You know what would happen to them. They'd grow weaker and weaker, and eventually you might be able to get to the point where you can't even get out of bed. Our muscles will only become strong if we exercise them and challenge them to do more. The resistance they face, the stronger they'll get. So if you give them more resistance, they will get stronger indeed. And Billy Graham says the same is true spiritually. If our faith is never challenged, if we never have to put it to work, then our spiritual muscles will grow weaker and weaker. But when hardship happens and trials come along into our lives, we'll be forced to exercise those spiritual muscles, so to speak, and when we do, our faith will grow stronger. We'll discover that God still loves us and is with us, and He can be trusted to lead us through life storms. The Bible says, We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. That's in Romans 5. Thank God that He will never abandon you, no matter what comes your way. And when hard times do come, turn to Him and ask Him to use them to help you grow in your faith. Asaph was an important Levitical priest, and his family served as singers, and they did stuff in the temple. Psalm 73 is to start of book 3 of the Psalms, whereas 73 and the next 10 Psalms were written by Asaph. The temptation when it had reduced him to the brink of atheism is broken by a discovery of the connected purposes and prophecies of God in his word and ordinances. He found strength in the Lord as recorded in Psalm 73:26, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now the third element about our tree growing in the rock represents survival. How do you survive? You survive by fighting the good fight by keeping your faith strong, 
by always connecting with God and by putting on the armor of God. You see, when you go into battle, you have to be fully armored, not just partially, but armored all the way. Paul writes about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, starting with the 10th verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of the truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, And always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. That there in verse 18 talks about perseverance. He says, keep on praying. Here though we have the full armor of God. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Feet fitted with readiness. The shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Sword of the Spirit. With the full armor, we can survive the evilness of this world and be lifted into heaven. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Perseverance, strength, survival. You become stronger, more compassionate, more grateful when you strongly believe in your capacity to persevere. It is not the survival of the fittest. It is whether your faith will survive the trials of this world. Consider the man Job who was attacked by Satan, yet his faith survived. David's strength of using his brain was stronger than all of the strength of Goliath, and David won. The widow proved that with perseverance you can win the battle. So we too will win the battle. And when springtime rolls around, that cherry tree over in Japan and that rock will bloom and will fill the area with its sweet sense of life. As Paul was traveling around, he talked about the aroma in Second Corinthians 2. He says, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one... We are an aroma that brings death. 
to the other, an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Oh yes, the sweet smell of the cherry tree as it fills the area of this beautiful aroma. The sweet scent of God inside each one of us as he fills us with the Holy Spirit. With everything that we talk about here, with everything about God, it is supported by, well, I'll let Paul say it in his own words in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You see, when we feel there is a pile of rocks piling on top of us, remember, God can break through the rocks. Life does not have to be the pits. We have to believe in God and he will rescue us like he rescued David. Psalm 40 is a song about the pits. It falls into two sections. In the first half, verses 1 through 10, David tells God how to get him out of one pit, and he sings God's praise for doing so. But he did not then live happily ever after. Rather, it is evident from the second half of the psalm, verses 11 through 17, that he's in another pit, crying out to the Lord to deliver him from this one. But because David waited intently on the Lord to rescue him from the first pit, He knew how to wait on the Lord to get him out of the second pit. So it is a psalm about what to do when you are in the pit, so to speak. Psalm 40 I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mirror. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those he turn up to to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None compare can compare with you, were it I to speak and tell of your deeds. They would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness 
from the great assembly. Then we start in verse 11. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back to disgrace. May those who say to me, Ah, ah, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, The Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. We go through life trials and temptations, but we must have perseverance. We must have strength in order to survive the battle that we are enraged down here. Yes, we live in a society right now, any world where it seems like everything is up in arms. But you think we have it rough now? We really don't. Oh yes, the coronavirus is killing people. But look back in history. Look back at the Holocaust. Look at one of the big plagues that killed people of any age. There have been plagues. There has been devastation. There have been wars. World War I, World War II, and etc. They've all been around. Many people have died. The bottom line, though, is that we must be prepared. We're so worried about the coronavirus that we don't take care of ourselves properly, our spirituality. We worry and we worry and we worry. And what does it get you? Absolutely nowhere. God says, who can add one hour to your life by worrying? You know, it wasn't that long ago when there was a gentleman in our area, actually right at my age, he was out working and doing what he loved to do, fixing a fence. Suddenly he had a heart attack. And he died. It made me think that, you know, we are so vulnerable. And we're so worried and consumed about this virus that our life can be taken from us at any moment, at any given point in time. What we need to do is enjoy the life that God has created for us. He created the wonders that we have here. Enjoy it. Use common sense, of course. That's why God gave the scientists their wisdom to tell us, you know, here's what you should do to protect yourself. And then sometimes you've got to be creative. Sometimes you've got to think outside the box. For us over at Buffalo Lake over there, we went, uh, I think it was three Sundays, without having service this spring because of the outbreak. 
And then it's like, you know, why should church stop? Church should not stop. It should continue on. So I went out, brought my, being that I have the GDI live stuff, the equipment that I have. I took all that over there to Buffalo Lake. And we had services outside. They were able to listen in on their vehicle. And we had church starting Easter Sunday and all the way through. And even today, we have the wisdom and the ability to have the FM transmitter. The church bought its own FM transmitter. And we have the equipment there. So when we have worship, those that want to worship inside can come inside. Those that want to stay out in their vehicle can stay out in their vehicle and listen in on the radio. It's a way of still gripping together, being able to come together. You know, and and even though we might not be able to physically shake hands and give hugs and stuff like that, I notice it among the parishioners that, you know, they'll roll down their windows and say hi or or wave to somebody. At least on nice days, unlike today where the wind seems like it's howling at hurricane-forced winds today. But there is, continues to be the ability to love one another because that's what we're supposed to do. There's that ability to communicate with one another. We need to persevere. We need to have the strength to survive what is going on today. And look at that picture of the rock and that tree growing through the rock. That rock could represent the coronavirus. It may be hard. It may be stubborn. It may be piling on top of you. But breaking through the mold of that rock is God's Holy Spirit. He is breaking through that rock. He is breaking it down into pieces because we will prevail. We will survive. And if our lives happen to be taken from us, he will simply carry us up into his branches and lift us up as he continues to grow up into heaven. Isn't that an awesome thing to think about? You know, God, we want to go to heaven. That's the place we want to go. Nothing else should matter. As Paul talked about, our eye needs to be on the prize. And what is the prize? Not whether we're going to survive corona or not. Not whether we're going to survive cancer or not. Not whether we're going to survive the flu or not. Our prize is heavenly place where we will be up in heaven, where you can feel God's love like a blanket that comes around you. I'm sure, you know, if you're at home listening and maybe you're in a chair and you've got a blanket around you, think about that as God's love. You can actually feel the love up in heaven because God's love is so strong and so real. As we go forth today, Enjoy life. Communicate with those whom you love. Persevere. Have strength for the journey. And you will survive. You will survive. Because eventually, our prize is heaven. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, there are so many people in our lives around us who are struggling with the coronavirus. There are people, there are families that have lost loved ones. There are families who are currently being afflicted with, with the, the coronavirus. There are people who are living in fear, Lord. And the thing that we don't want to do, Lord, is to live in fear. We don't want to live in fear. We want to be able to continue to enjoy life. And we just have to sometimes, you know, send your spirit inside of us so we can think outside the box. How can we do this? We can. And Lord, you know, there are so many people out there that, that are hurting. Send your spirit of peace and comfort to them. Those who might be struggling with the virus, those who might be struggling with cancer, those who might be struggling with old age, those who are just kind of struggling with life as it is. Send your spirit to them. Help them, guide them, and protect them. And Lord, we look to you for favor. Each day we want to wake up and say, Good morning, Lord. It's a great day. You are our great God Almighty. Thank you, Lord, for being at our side. Thank you for everything you have blessed us with in our lives. Give us the perseverance that we need. Give us the strength that we need for the journey. And we will survive this life into the next life that is yet to come. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has also taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and forgiveness in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.